straightforward farming. News and comment brought to you by FTFB. Now, straightforward farming. folks welcome back to the straightforward farming network i'm your host tony reed alongside mr nick mccormick we're here in the freshly revamped ftfb studios what do you think nick this is your first time being it's in here. nice i like it i like it a lot it's been uh, quite the project but we needed it done my feet used to get cold sitting here on the country yeah had a lot of echo in the room and it was just it was time to take the next step right I like it. I'm eyeing that stagger hat in the corner. If that comes up missing, that was not my fault. That is my favorite hat <laughs> on the wall in this room. I like it. Nice. I don't remember where that come from. Somebody sent me a couple of them. There's a couple of stagger hats as you look around there. So Yeah. Yep. So tonight we've got our lovely wives with us again. It's just been one of those what do you want to call it? The doldrums of winter. We're running out of content, so we got to bring in special guests. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, you got bored, so you brought in the wives. They're like a dog. Once you're nice yeah. to them, they just keep showing right. back up down here in As the podcast usual, room. As usual, we're their safety net. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Got to bail us out. Yeah. That's all right. Yep. So what do you guys want to talk about? You always ask that question, and I always never know how to answer you. Probably with what you want to talk about would be a good answer. I don't know yeah. what I want to talk about. <laughs> I'm a pretty per- easy person to please. I mean, you guys bring up the topic. I'll talk about it. That's fine. <laughs> True. Same here. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll start you out. So last night, typical evening, we go to bed. Tony turns on the TV, and I told him, I said, do not turn on anything interesting because you will fall asleep, and I will stay awake all night. And he's like, oh, I won't, I won't. Next thing I know, I'm sucked into a Garth Brooks documentary. It was, what, 1230 before I finally fell asleep? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. What was that called? The Garth Brooks, The Road I'm On, I think. It was on It was on Netflix, and I think it was originally like an A&E biography or something maybe, but okay. it was pretty good. I used to be a big Garth Brooks fan, then he got a little weird personally. Still love his music, but he got a little kind of weird personally. But overall, I mean, still, you know. It was a, an interesting documentary. I yeah. learned, a lot, of th- I learned yeah. a lot of things about him that I didn't know, so. Yep. You was always a big Garth fan back in the day, Nick. I yeah, I liked him back in the day. You've yeah. seen him, what, a couple times in concert? Yeah, I wouldn't walk across the street to see him again, but he puts on a great show if you're into that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. He's no Kid Rock, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you went to the Kid oh, Rock yeah. concert there. Absolutely. What did you think of that? Awesome. Awesome. Best concert I've ever been to by far. Really? I'm going to try to see him again. No kidding. It's his farewell <laughs> tour. If I can pull it off here, I'm going to try to see him again if I can. How was that? Was it younger crowd, older crowd? Where It was... Much different than I thought it would be. <laughs> so I told Kelly on the whole time, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be this old dude at this Kid Rock concert, you know, or whatever. I would say that the average age was probably five years older than me. Really? Yes. On average. I wouldn't have guessed that. It was a very unique crowd. Um, like I said, there was a lot of people much older than me. I sent Kelly a picture of the people in front of me. There was, there was a lot of gray hair in the crowd. No kidding. Which was fine, you know. Um, and there were some young people too. There was even a few kids and whatnot, but, really? uh, yeah, it was a great show. Absolutely great show. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it's definitely worth going to see. When, like I said, it's his when last did he get popular? Like early nineties, late nineties, late nineties. 
Like my freshman or sophomore year of college, maybe. I was going to say, I think Cowboy came out like when I was like 23 to 25, probably early, like 2002, 2003. What was it? Something in that range? Uh, it was earlier than that. Was it? Well, I probably just discovered it about that time. I'm like on the two years. It later. would have been <laughs> roughly my sophomore year. Because I remember after a friend of mine got engaged, a buddy of mine was playing some music. We're all sitting in the back lot celebrating and whatnot. That's the first time I heard Only God Knows Why. And that would have been circa 1999. No kid. 2000. I hear something yeah. in the back. Are you guys hear that? Yeah. I, I hear know. the kids. I don't know. It's some kind of music know. TV show something. It's hard to say. We're going to have to add soundproofing to the room next. Yeah. So we are taking donations for that if anybody would like to <laughs> chip in. <laughs> It'll be all right. But no, you got you to gotta love a concert that starts off with, well, I'm, I am going to throw a few things out there. That starts off with probably a two-minute pre-recorded prayer by Kid Rock. No kidding. Um, and had a pre-recorded message from the illustrious 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Really? Which was pretty cool. Yeah. Did he have anybody open for uh, Grand Funk Railroad? No, God, I ain't heard that name forever. <laughs> well, I'm not sure they've heard anything forever either because they are getting up there in age as well. What was the song they had that was popular? Uh... Oh, I was just going to tell you, but now I've lost it. Um, American Band is one of their big, okay, is one of yeah. their biggest ones, probably. But one of their guitarists did the uh, Star Spangled Banner, Jimi Hendrix style, which oh, was pretty cool to see. Him I bet that was awesome. Yeah. Yep. I, I never listened to any kid rock music. I guess when he was popular, I didn't listen to much outside of country music at the time. But overall, as a person... I think him and I would get along Yeah, great. I think we'd I have mean, a great time. If we get him on the podcast, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and doesn't he <laughs> live in like a double-wide trailer? I mean, just like that. In Tennessee, yeah, he's got like a, a mo- little modular, and he's like, I'd really have some land and some some fast cars and four-wheelers and stuff for my buddies to screw around in as opposed to a big house. The one interview I saw with him, he's like, I had a house with like 13 bathrooms and a theater room. He's like, you know when I use the theater room? When I got lost going to one of the 13 bathrooms and I passed that on the floor. Yeah. He's like, I don't need any of that anymore. I've been down that road. It's a waste of time, waste of money. Yep. Not the lifestyle. I don't I'm blame into. him. Don't blame him a bit. Yeah. 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 It was an excellent, excellent show. Well, good. Yeah. I'd Cheryl Crow with him to sing picture? No. No, <laughs> did Cheryl. He, sing Cheryl that? he did sing it. Um, and I can't think of the gal's name that sang it with him. I would think him and her personalities would clash kind of big time. Because remember Cheryl Crow? What was that been 10 years ago about that? Everybody had to use one square of toilet paper yeah. now to save the planet, you know? And. That's just about as opposite Kid Rock as you can get. Do you remember her Confederate flag leather pants for the one video, though? Can you see that happening in today's world? No, I don't guess I remember that. Yes, I don't her, remember her one that. video, she was wearing Confederate flag American, or Confederate flag leather pants. Really? Yes. Wow. What was the name of the song? I can't remember now. Kelly will know here was in it, a second. Was it one of her songs? It was like, one of her songs, okay. yes. Um, but yeah, it was... It was a great show. Like I said, and he, he basically said, he's like, hey, I'm still having a great time doing this, but my second grandkid's on its way, and I want to spend time with him. And you can't knock a guy for that. No, you can't. And, and honestly, that show was so high energy, I don't know how he does it at 51, to be honest with you. I was tired from watching him. Really? That's why I was just yeah. going to ask how old he actually was. So 51. Yeah, 51, I think. Yeah. yeah that's pretty... He's one I would like to see. No, you better hurry. But he's in St. Louis before two. That's Bowling Green weekend, though. Otherwise, I'd totally be there. But he's coming to Nashville, and I'd really like to go to that one. Will that but tour be, planting season. be over in 2022? Or I know sometimes yeah. a farewell tour lasts think, a year and a half. I think or, October it ends. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty pretty neat. Yeah, he did a... I couldn't tell you the last concert I went to. It's been a while. I'll one warn of the... you, if you're a flaming libtard, probably not the show for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Preface it with that. 
probably not the show for you. So on the same line as Kid Rock, one of the best concerts I ever went to was to see Ted Nugent at the State Fair. And it was, I was, I think I was 18 years old. I went with my mom and my aunt and it just totally blew me away. But his whole like, you know how they have their stage and they put props up or whatever. It was nothing but guns, <laughs> the entire thing. And I was like, oh, yep. This Ted is was always a little out there for me, not as a person, but his. I cannot listen to his music at all. I mean, it's <laughs> oh, just, I love he's his the music. Motor City Madman, right? Tony. I just, I, I, I can't do it. It just. You're just not weird. into the what I would consider harder rock, no, and he was more considered harder rock as a person. Phenomenal guy. In fact, I at the Shot Show one year out in Vegas, I, I didn't meet him. Like he was overdoing something with a whole mob of people around him and then when he got done or whatever he slipped out kind of behind the ropes or whatever then he just walked right down through the middle of the shot show him and his wife or whatever and they were leaving and i mean i walked i mean we literally almost brushed shoulders but i never said nothing i mean he didn't why why didn't you say something i I guess he would have been a cool guy to be like yeah i shook ted nugent's hand right but i guess on the same token i wasn't a ted nugent fan you know, and then it's like, you know, what are you going to do if you go to shake his hand and he, you know, tells you to go to hell or what, you know, or Does whatever. It, name one song before you say yeah. any more words. To yeah. name He's one not going to do All you had to do <laughs> is just reach out your hand and be like, hey, Ted Nugent, nice to meet yeah. you. That's all you had to do. Yep. That's I got it. pictures of him, and then I met Rick Perry when he was still the governor of Texas. I sat and talked to him for a little bit. It was, it was funny because that was just a few years before he ran for president. And, you know, on the national level, nobody really knew him. And him and I sat there at a booth and talked for probably – Four or five minutes, just the two of us, just kind of shot the shit back and forth or whatever. You think he's sitting around somewhere telling his buddies, hey, I, yeah. I, I talked to yeah. that, I talked <laughs> to that growing corn guy for yeah. four or five I, minutes back in the day. Before, he, before he, he was is. famous, I used to talk to uh, that yeah. guy. And then I uh, met the gunny from uh, Full Metal Jacket. He was yeah. there. He was at the Glock booth that year. Arlie Irving. Yep. And Big seen uh, Lou Ferrigno, the Incredible Hulk. I didn't get to talk to him or shake his hand. He was working one of the boots or whatever and there was a big line but i i seen him but i didn't meet him or nothing so, so there's quite an interesting crowd at these gun shows at that one there is i mean there's a lot of the vegas one yeah or there used to be i, I, I was gonna say how to, many years has it been since you've been to that one? Oh gosh that's been that's probably been 10 years ago at least was it been okay. a long time probably yeah it'd yep. still be cool to meet ted nugent i think well no doubt just gonna throw that out there i got pictures of him i mean from i know you sent him to away me or whatever but yeah i just had it been anybody else, I, there might have been a chance I would have stood in line to get a picture of somebody. It was just. I always figured at some point in time, like those celebrities that big, though, like they almost prefer if you just pass them by. I yeah. saw a Jordan interview that one time. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just wish people maybe a casual wave or nothing and yeah. just walk right on by yep. at this point. You know, and I'm like, right. yeah. yeah, I get it. Well, I, I was going to say, I think you know, where you fall all over them. Oh my gosh, it's Ted Nugent. Or if you know, just, Hey man, nice to meet you. Walk yeah. on. They'd probably be okay with that. Yeah, I think it's the uh, people chasing them down. And yeah. Cause I mean, to them, when you've literally done it a million mm-hmm. times, it would just get very old. I would think. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that on Garth Brooks's deal there on TV, you know, that well, he would literally stand until five o'clock in the morning, signing autographs after concerts, you know? Yeah, I can see that. Right. And I would think, Eventually, that would get old. Yeah. Yeah, but I also think, though, that if you really love what you do, and he seems to really love what he does, you know, that's probably also what feeds your love of it, because you know that you get to be a small part of what makes these people happy and gets them into, that's got to feel good, too, you know. 
Yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, it sounds like he would always go well out of his way to accommodate mm-hmm. fans in any way that he could. So That was like, um, he talked about that one show he did and he <clears throat> walked, he had done the encore and he walked out and there was a girl at the concessions and she was like, what does that feel like? And he's like, what? And she said, what does that feel like to be out there? And he took her out on stage with her. And I was like, I can't even fathom, you know, what that felt like for her. How, but he was just like, yeah, I'm going to take you out here and show you exactly what it feels like. So. I got a good Garth Brooks story for you. So um, I think he is a good guy, like political beliefs aside, wherever he's gone, et cetera. But um, so my cousin uh, was uh, born with a immunity issue. And when he was like 10 or 11, he, um, oh, I can't think of the word. Oh, the, the sickness you get from being around like birds and the fowl and, and he and his The bird flu? No. What is it called? I cannot remember. But anyway. Allergies. (laughs) Everybody just sort of thinks out. He got super, super sick and was in the hospital and they gave him some experimental medicine and it backfired and little bit by little bit, his, his body just started turning on him. Central nervous system, like eventually he started stumbling, walking, having issues talking, et cetera. And the doctors couldn't do anything about it, couldn't turn it around. And so um, he was on the Make-A-Wish uh, foundation list and he wanted to talk to Garth Brooks on the phone. And so, um, by the time it was arranged, Luke could no longer talk at that point, but he had told his mom and dad what questions he wanted to ask Garth Brooks. So my aunt and uncle go out and buy, you know, a speaker phone because the day is coming, Garth's flying to some concert and he's going to call Luke and Luke's going to get to ask him his questions. And so the time comes and goes and the phone call never comes. And this is in Muhammad, Illinois, right outside of Champaign, Illinois, okay? And so all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. And my Aunt Dana answers it, and there's this woman, and, and she's like, is this the home of Luke? Luke, You know, I won't say the last name. And they're like, yeah. And so she turns, and there's an expedition in the driveway, and she waves at him, and out gets Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwoods. They had been flying to a concert in the Carolinas, I believe, and so Garth had been asking, okay, what's the story? Who am I calling? And, and his assistant explained that my cousin couldn't talk anymore, but his mom and dad were going to be there to ask the questions. And he's like, well, then why in the world are we even calling? Let's just stop. So they, they stopped at the Champaign Airport, got a car, and drove to their house and so they have pictures of of you know my cousin sitting on guards of course my aunt dana is like oh my gosh my house (laughs) yes that's where we go immediately Uh you know and but they have pictures of of garth and trisha sitting in their living room and garth was great he pulled luke over on his lap and you know he at luke dana asked luke you know his questions which was um Oh, uh, the first one was when you're walking through a pasture, do you walk, watch where you step? Cause they raised cattle and, uh, Garth's like, no. And then his other question was boxers of briefs and Garth's like a true <laughs> man never tells, yeah. <laughs> but they were really, really great. And so I think he has a big heart, even though we maybe don't agree on some things and, and, you know, really went out of the way in that situation. And, and that's where I've come to a realization on a lot of this stuff because, his original music when he very first started loved it i mean it was just phenomenal music you know he he reshaped country music and even though there's a lot of stuff him and i don't agree on now i'm not going to turn my back on him only because 
I'm sick of cancel culture. When we don't agree with somebody, we have to completely shut them down, and I don't agree with that, and I'm no different if I say, well, I'm just burning all my Garth Brooks CDs, you know? It's not like it's going to make a hill of beans to him financially now if I listen to a song that he recorded in 1990 that I've already bought the CD from. That's true, yeah. And so... I'll still listen to it. That's how I am. I'm not going to, you know, right or wrong, there's probably people that don't agree with that, but if you don't agree with cancel culture, then don't participate in it. Right. Is the way I see it. I agree. And I also think that it's important that we can have differing beliefs, but I can still see the good in you. Because that's what I told him when we got done watching. I was like, I really was going into that like... Mm, I'm not going to like him. And I was like, after seeing like the sacrifices he made for his kids and stuff like that, I was like, I got to respect that. Even if I don't respect some of his political beliefs, I have to respect what he did for his kids, his family to make that. I'm more of a fan of the George Strait type. You never hear a word about the man Mm -hmm. ever, never. And I mean, as far as what he done in his private life about, you know, even helping people in need. And you know, he's done that, you know, millions of times, just like the rest of them. But it's not like he's in it for the glory. And I'm not saying Garth is either. But, you know, he just keeps to himself. I mean, I couldn't tell you today if George Strait's a Democrat, Republican, whatever. He keeps all that to himself. He doesn't say a word about it. And I, I, I'm more of a fan of when they do it that way. And there's no tension. My favorite or, George story is whenever they filmed Pure Country. And he would not kiss the woman, the actress or whatever, because he was married. And I was like, you know what? I got to respect him for respecting his vows. You know, he's having money thrown at him. It's you're just acting, whatever. And he was like, nope, not going to happen. And it took nothing away from the show at all. It was still a great show. Well, it wasn't like he needed the money at that. I mean, that was early in his career, but by then it was made anyway. You know, yeah, I'd just been like, fine, that's the way we're going to do it. Or I'm not doing a movie. Right. But I don't know. We talked in the past. I can't imagine being in their shoes you know because because you see it with garth brooks especially like on that deal you know they were on the road or, or i'm not gonna say I, I thought he said they'd done 425 shows in 365 days i think is what he said it's something like i don't just remember. a just a staggering number you know and that's what his ex-wife because they had her on this documentary too and she said there was always a period of time from i think it was three o'clock in the evening till five o'clock where that was her and the kids and Garth's time, you know, they might be on stage rehearsing, doing whatever, but that was like, that was the only time she got to see him because either she was at home with the kids and he was on the road or if she went with him, it still didn't matter. I mean, you know, his priority or, um, or well, his pri- I mean, that's probably a fair shake. His priorities was with the music and I mean, it ended up costing him his marriage in the end. And, and he even said that in the documentary, he's like, I sacrificed everything for my music. And he's like, I sacrificed my marriage and my kids. And it just hit me. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And that's why he walked and away. It, it makes me wonder when you see guys like Garth Brooks and, you know, cause there's always a one hit wander or you might get somebody that might've had three or four good songs. They just kind of faded off and you, you sort of forget about them. Then 10 years later you hear their name. And you're like, man, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. And I always wondered if that's, what separates the two is the drive that a guy like Garth had to just go, go, go and sign autographs till five o'clock in the morning to where maybe this other guy didn't do that. You know, he might've only signed autographs for 45 minutes after the show. You know, I wonder, I wonder if but that, I also think if that it, really pays that off. That factors into your passion for it. Like oh, I Garth's super passionate about it. Like he flat out said, you know, besides his wife and his kids, music is it for him. Whereas some people, they're more in the music for the fame, the money, whatever. Yeah. And so when you don't have that passion driving you, you don't care as much. And that comes through. People can see that. Right. Well, and the other thing is maybe some of those people value their 
their personal life more yeah. than their music. Not that they don't, not that they're not passionate about the music, right? But they're like, I'm not losing my wife and my kids, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know? I think so much of the time we don't know about it too. I when Faith Hill and and uh, Tim McGraw were in 1883 here this last year, I read an interview with Faith Hill, and she's like, "Well, when I retired from music 12 years ago to stay home and raise my kids," and I was like, "You retired." Yeah, you're right. You've not come out with an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we didn't even, re- like, there was no big fanfare. She was just like, you know what? We traveled with the kids while they're younger, but they're in, the oldest is in junior high now, and she's in sports and activities, and we can't do what we used to do, and I'm going to retire. I'm going to stay home for the next 10 years till they're all in college, et cetera, and then I'll do something, you know? Mm-hmm. But And you don't even realize it. And I admire that. I, you know, Absolutely. I, I, I completely do admire it. Yeah, for sure. It's that's something to be commended. I mean, to leave that kind of money. I mean, it's not like you left yeah. a $40,000 a year job. I right. Mean, but I guess it's easy to do, too, if you've already made $25 million. I mean, what does it matter at this point? I'd rather stay home with my kids, and then when they're raised, then we can go do something else. You know, I don't know. Well, and I, I liked how, you know, Garth retired for 14 years, and he's like, okay, I'm ready to come back. And when he came back, he came back bigger and better than everybody out there. Um and I think it was because he made such an impact the first go round, you know, people are just dying to see him the next go round. And so I also think that kind of how you leave it on the table, you know, when you when you left like he did in the height of his career and had accomplished so much and then you do come back, you know there's gonna be those people that are there waiting for that. Like they are just praying, please let him do one more tour because I would love to see that, you know. Well, I mean, Garth really revolutionized the country music Mm -hmm. industry in the 90s. I mean, prior to that, I mean, no offense to George Strait, but George, I've been to his concerts. He's sitting on a stool with his guitar. It's very quiet. It's a smaller venue. And then all of a sudden you have someone like Garth come on who it becomes, there's the entertainment. There's more theatrics. Yeah, 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 et cetera. And it it moved from stadiums. Stadiums. And so he... I don't think he meant to, but he was that that beginning wave of the pop country yeah. music mm-hmm. era. He, he paved the way for pop. Country. Yeah, absolutely. That that is still out there today, and so um, I mean, I love his. I loved his music. I mean, it was the the soundtrack of my childhood. Him, Alabama, Reba, mm-hmm. Black, Shania Twain. Oh my gosh! Alan. Yeah, Alan Jackson. I've seen all of them in concert. You know and sitting around at cattle shows playing euchre and listening to that on cassette tapes. I mean, I, I wish love country all of music them. would go back to like some of Garth's original music that made him popular, you know, that, and even then that was getting a little out there for mm-hmm. the previous generation of country music, but it was, it was good music. He had a little bit of what I'll call rodeo country yeah. for a little bit. And yeah. then <laughs> he drifted off into pop yep. country. Pretty I quick. still think his song much too young to feel this damn old is probably in the top five oh, of great. my fate, favorite most favorite songs of it all time. It is a great song. Colin Baton Rouge gets me riled up. Yep. Like, that's just like, that was on my running playlist for yep. years. It just, and what's funny. In the funny, world, that song doesn't even make sense. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> what's funny is when we saw him on concert a few years ago, you know, he plays in concert three times the normal speed. And so we got in the car and we start playing it and it was like, Colin Baton. It was so <laughs> slow compared yeah. to in the concert. And that's another <laughs> thing, like the energy he brings yeah. to the stage when he's out there, like he's given 250%. And like, I think, I don't know if you were still awake, but like whenever he was talking to all the 
um, the band people or whatever. And he was like, if you think you know how to give a good concert, no, we, we're giving the best one tonight. And he like demanded they give everything. And they did. And that's what made those shows just amazing. It's always funny, though, how certain songs come around you know, because the vast majority of artists don't write their own songs. I mean, they might have right. one in sure. the mix or, or something, but you know, it, it told in that, you know, like, I think it was, if tomorrow never comes, you know, was found at the bluebird diner or whatever, mm-hmm. that place where everybody was going for open mic, you know, and, and all these no name people that were singing them. And it sounded totally different than the version that yeah. we're used to. Right. Yeah. And it's funny how that he, it changes and evolves and, and ends up the way that it does to the way that we know it. But Well, he found, oh man, I just saw this on TikTok. Oh gosh, I can't, I wish I would have saved that video where he was, um, a guy was singing in, I think it was the Bluebird Cafe or one cafe and it was in the middle of the week. Nobody was there, et cetera. Some guy came up to him and asked his, his, his name and number afterwards. And he was like, I don't have a record deal, but someday I'm going to have a record deal and I'm going to call you and I'm going to buy the options to that song. That's one of the best songs I've ever heard. And it was Garth Brooks and it was the dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, he's like, it yeah. was just, there's like three people in the audience and one of them happened to be Garth and it was before he had a record deal and he came yep. and he's like, he killed his word. He called me and said, I got a record deal and I want to option that song and yeah. career maker it's for both always, of them. It's always funny to me too. You'll see different stuff behind the scenes and it might be Alan Jackson talking to George Strait and there's a song in there that George Strait released. Alan Jackson tried it. He didn't yeah. like it. So he let it go and George picked it up and it always makes you wonder how different that song would have been yeah. had it went the other way, you know, cause it had a totally different sound and it would never be the song that we know today. It's the same as whenever you are like your favorite TV shows and you hear about the actors that like friends, perfect example, like the people they wanted to play Ross and Rachel. And you think about that and you're like, man, how would that have changed the dynamic of the show? Would it have even worked? Would it have been as popular as it was? So. Well, I saw Brad Paisley talking in an interview about what was his real famous song that launched him. It was the um, the one about fishing and missing yeah. her. Yeah. What I'm was gonna, that called? I'm going to miss her. I'm going to miss her. He said he put that out there and in what, 24 hours, like Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, and George Strait had all put options on it. They all wanted it. And so he's like, he had to decide right then as a poor songwriter do I sell this out or maybe I should record it myself yeah. uh-huh. if there's this much interest in it, you yep. know? And so, um, yeah. One of the best documentaries I ever seen was uh, Ken Burns country music. Have you seen oh, that? I have not. Yes. You've got to watch that. I What is that thing? Like nine part. I mean, it's like a nine or oh, 10 hour documentary. It's but awesome. One of the most mind boggling things to me was, and she didn't know this at the time I did. So like Hank Williams senior, you know, he was 29 years old when he died. A lot of people don't realize that. You're I like, didn't. They thought he was an old man. He was 29. I knew he was young, but I thought like 40s. Right. No, he was 29 years old, but uh, they were laughing and they were talking and they had little Jimmy Dickens on there and he was touring with Hank back in the uh, 40s or whatever. And um, Hank looked over, they was going somewhere, riding in the car together. And of course, Hank was all liquored up anyway. And uh, he looked at little Jimmy Dickens and he said, uh, he said, you're struggling, Hoss. He said, you ain't had a hit forever, have you? And, and Jimmy said, no. He said, I haven't. And old uh, Hank said, get your pen out. He said, we're going to write you one right now. And he said, he sat down and wrote, hey, good looking, in 15 minutes wow. on a napkin. And then he kept it for himself and never gave it to little Jimmy Dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well. Uh, Dolly Parton's uh, I Will Always Love You. She was the song girl on the Porter Wagner show. 
Yeah. And she could not, he wouldn't let her out of his con, her contract, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so she wrote that song on their, based on their relationship, yeah. like boss, you know, it's, and went to him and was like, I've written this song and I think it's a hit, you know, and the only way she could get out of her contract is if she agreed to let him be, to produce it and have rights yep. to it as well. Yep. And so, yeah. Yeah. It was a very cutthroat business. Back then. <laughs> I'm sure it still is yeah. today. Oh, absolutely. But But I also think, like, when you think about when you get all those creative minds together and, like, they're just hanging out, doing whatever, and they make all of these amazing hits that we just... You yeah. know, we're enthralled by, and they're just when we were watching on a Friday that, night. that uh, Tales from the Tour Bus, which is phenomenal. You got to watch I've that too for with, for Mike Judge. It, it's, yeah. it's great, but they had like Shooter Jennings on there. You know, Waylon's son, and you know he's talking about you know here I was seven years old, you know, and, and Dad and George Jones are out in the front yard doing their drug. You know, yeah. it, it would be weird yeah. to be as a kid and all these guys, you know, Johnny Cash and all these guys are sitting in your living room. And I guess if that's the way you were brought up, I guess you probably didn't think nothing about it. Probably not. But, but yeah, it was really neat to, to hear them guys talk about it. And George Jones was another prime example. He um, had had several hits, and then he got to drinking so bad, and then he not showing up, you know, yeah. and whatnot. And he was basically broke. I mean, it, nobody would touch him. They're like, you know, don't even book the guy. He's not going to show. And, I mean, he was really hurting. I mean, all but bankrupt and this and that. And he told the band when he got uh, – he went and got sober and got cleaned up. And he said, I'm going to write us a hit, boys. And he said, I'm going to get us out of this. And he went, went and wrote, He Stopped Loving Her Today, which went on to be, how did they word that? It was the number one country music song of all time. I mean, it was number one for, what they say? It was like 105 weeks or something. I, I mean, just a, a mind-boggling number, you know. And then it ended up being voted the number one country song of all time, you know, the most popular. But but it was it was that he was that close to being bankrupt and he wrote that song and it and it pulled him out of it i mean i'll be darn i actually saw him in concert and probably one of the coolest concerts i've been to just because at that time like i was used to the garth brooks kind of theatrics or whatever and he literally sat up there on his stool just played and sang yep i seen old don williams twice i was a huge <laughs> don williams fan still am seen him twice and that guy, you could sit in the audience and close your eyes, and you did not know if you were listening to him live or on the CD. He I was believe that. to yeah. AT. I tell you what, Tanya Tucker was down at the, what county fair was it? I went and watched. Wasn't it Effingham? No. Yeah, it was uh, Cumberland. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. We go down, our friend Allison and I go down to Tanya Tucker, and it's like listening to a CD. I mean, mm-hmm. she is open air, and it is she is yeah. fabulous. And so now I'm a groupie. I'm a Tanya Tucker groupie at this point. <laughs> you were before, Kelly. You were <laughs> before. Don't deny it. concerts, but she's another one from my childhood. Exactly. Like, I love You her had music. the cassette tape, and we're blaring oh, that I here. I had the four CD set. <laughs> Thank to you me, very much. When I was a kid, the Judds had phenomenal songs. Oh, I mean, my uh, gosh, yeah. They really were. She they did. were. She's got a great voice. They do. Absolutely fabulous voice yeah i still think the 80s had the best country music oh Oh, yeah it it beat the 70s and it beat the 90s i like the early 90s though i I do too the the early early stuff with garth and that i really do yeah and that's when george Strait was really hitting his stride Mm -hmm. and getting going and alabama was very popular yeah i'll agree with that the that all the 80s and then into the 90s i'm just gonna say it i'm gonna be old they just don't make music like they used to they don't they don't i'm just gonna say it and like henry was playing some music for me earlier and i was like what is that and he's like oh this is country and i was like give him your explanation that you heard the other day kelly on on how the process works versus how it used to work in nashville well yeah they they pick the winners and losers now i mean they well, yeah, so Nick and I were talking about this the other day. I was telling him I was watching some a video on it, and um, 
basically, in, I don't remember the entire conversation we had, but the most popular, the most powerful person, it used to be the most powerful people in country music were the executives on Music Row. And that's not true today. The most popular or the most powerful, I keep saying popular, I mean powerful, the most powerful people in country music is the suburbanite mom in major cities, especially in the Southeast. So you're Dallas, Houston, Mobile, Alabama. That is what country music is made for today, is your suburban yeah. housewives in major and, urban and they, areas. They pick somebody that, that can sing. They yep. feed them the songs. They, it they, is they a machine. dress them. It's a machine. Yep. They're all mm-hmm. the same, and it is meant because that is their biggest their biggest market yeah. is the suburban housewife. Yeah. And that's the difference. You weren't going to pull Waylon Jennings off the street and say, Waylon, no. you have to comb your hair and take off yeah. the leather coat and do this. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't going to fly. No. Yeah. Was not at. <laughs> well, I feel like you and I watched a documentary, and just the way that um, they present stars or up-and-coming singers or whatever is different now. Before, you would take your tape to the radio station and they yeah. would you try to whatever and get them to play you and now there's so many different steps you have to take before your song even gets played on the radio but remember and that's where totally Garth different. you know revolutionized that too he went straight to was Walmart wasn't it and just sold the music straight to them and cut the middleman out oh, see, I don't there was a huge there was something on that yeah a huge deal that he I mean, he revamped the entire system. But he was on. also one of them that held out the longest in selling his music to like iTunes and music, Amazon mm-hmm. music. Like he, yeah. he's like, no, I'm not, I don't want it so that they can only listen to one song. I want it that they have to listen to the whole collection of the yeah. CD at once, you know? And yep. on a side know. note on that, the one kid rock, kid rock poster that was for sale in the, in the merchandise area had a lady doing a certain activity on an, on an album. <laughs> they cut something up and put it in a, in a row. And uh, the, the caption was, try this on an MP3. Nice. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty rock and roll. You know, pretty rock and roll. <laughs> Funny and pretty rock and roll. I did not purchase the poster because I have no place to hang a poster like right. that. But I'm not condoning the activity, but no. I, thought, I saw the humor in it. You right. Know? Do you remember when Shania Twain came on the music scene? And she was so... Um, like half naked oh, in yeah. the videos, and that Absolutely. was like a second of it. My sisters and I used to call. Uh, uh, how do I say this while being polite? Nick calls them <laughs> popular girls. <laughs> it's like she was popular, but girls that maybe dated around a lot. We we would call them Shanasty after Shania. Uh-huh. That's yep. not nice, but she but. did not deserve that. She was she no. I love nice, her now. Nice I love her now. But but in the early nineties, you she were like, did. she is showing her belly button on a video. How yeah. dare you? Which, and now I'm finally. You know, it. she left the country music scene fairly. You know, she jumped to pop. Yeah. You know, pretty quick in yeah. that whole deal. I mean, didn't stick around in what I would call true country, you know. Yeah. She in fact she was probably one of the first true crossovers. Yeah. Ironically, she caught a lot of flack for showing her navel on a body that could pull it off. And now you can see that at any Walmart in America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Trendsetter. With women that should not be showing their yeah. navel. But they have no choice because their shirts physically aren't long enough. Exactly. I do love her. No, I mean, like I loved her music then too. And she's another one that when her songs come on, it just takes me back to my teen years. Yeah. yeah. There, that is one thing about music. A song oh can take you back yeah. in the blink song of an eye. Song remembers when. It, the song uh, remembers yep. when. It can yep. transform you. Especially if something was happening, you know. Yeah. And you relate that song with that activity or whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. It's pretty easy to. It's, it's hard to find any good 
country stations. That's why I don't listen to much radio anymore. You know, I, I wish you could find a country station that just played what I would call some of the older country, but they'll play two songs of that and then 18 of the new pop stuff that I have Do no desire. Do you not have, to. like, Amazon Prime Music? No, I don't. Oh, Tony, it's like $8 a month, and you just go to a, it's, it's like 1970s country music, and that is all you're going to get. No yep. no ads or anything, and that's all I you're going to get. Yeah. No, I about wore, I've got all everything downloaded on my phone, you know, into the MP3 player or whatever, but I've about wore that out. I, I'm ready for another selection. <laughs> But yeah. I've got a ton of songs. I mean, it's into the thousands of songs. But I have this playlist on Amazon Prime called Music from My Childhood. I was actually listening to it today. I was up in Pekin, Illinois. And um, on the way home, I pulled that out and started listening to it. And it's like Oak Ridge Boys, yep. the Y'all Come Back Saloon, yep. like just all these it's songs funny. that my I'll, mommy and dad used to play. One of the, the best bands of the 80s was Highway 101. And I, I mentioned oh, that to people. Yeah. And people look at me like I've got two heads. They're like, oh, I've never no. heard of them. I'm like, man, they were phenomenal. They were good. Yeah, yeah. And a cool name. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of good bands back then. There were. It was great music. Yep. And in fact, you know, a lot of them are getting to where they're retiring. You know, Brooks and Dunn and yeah. a lot of them. Brooks that, and Dunn's coming back. Oh, are they really? Well, I saw an ad for it. It was on the scrolling banner deal before the concert. Okay. No yeah, they're coming back. It's kind of funny, too, when you think, you know, I just use Brooks and Dunn for an example, or even Alan Jackson. Vince Gill, Vince Gill is another one. I was never a huge Vince Gill fan. I never Gill liked fan, his music much. But when you start looking at the number one songs that they had, yeah, it's mind-boggling, especially Vince Gill, because I was never a Vince Gill fan, never heard his music much, but he's got like 30 number yeah. one, or whatever it is. You know, it's a whole shit pot full of number one songs. And it's like, where did all these get played at? Because I never heard yeah. of them, not that I wanted to hear I'll them. I'll be honest with you, when he come on, I switch stations. Yeah, I'm the same yeah. way. I, yeah. I, was, he, I think he's a good person. You know, he used to host the CMAs and whatnot, but he's, as far as the music, yeah. I didn't care for He's a great guitar player and whatnot, but I, don't, I never cared for most. Most of his music, music was in a high-pitched voice. Right. So yeah. I'm out right there, he obviously. Was, he was the <laughs> the original Rascal Flats in my yes. I, I can't stand Rascal yes. Flats. I will smash the radio in before uh, I listen to Rascal I'm confident Flats. that's the only station they play in hell. Mm. Rascal Flats on repeat. Yeah, exactly. I can't yeah. do it. I think, so my mom and her sisters loved Vince Gill, but they were raised in a very musical family. And so I think they had a very deep appreciation for his vocal range Probably. and how he could hit notes. But for me, it never did anything for me. I, I wasn't a huge Vince Gill fan I, at all. I like the, the artists, like I say, like with Don Williams. Of course, he was very old. Mm country you know not a lot of hype to his songs but to me you'll hear these guys on a cd and then when you hear them in concert you're like how the hell did this guy ever get a record deal he sounds awful oh, yeah. you know they mix it so much i got more respect for the guys that you can't tell any difference you know yeah. they, i'm gonna tell you and this is i'm gonna get hate mail over this but i'm gonna tell you the worst person i have ever seen in concert it was at a county fair in iowa it was when i was working for deer a friend and I went up there and watched Kenny Rogers, and it was horrible. Really? He couldn't hit a note in open air if it killed him. It, <laughs> was, it was miserable. However, the uh, classic Crystal Gale opened for him. Ah, nice. <laughs> Don't it make your brown eyes blue? <laughs> and she was awesome, but Kenny Rogers was miserable, and he, like, Kenny Rogers' greatest hits was like on repeat oh, yeah. growing up. I mean, that yeah. was fabulous. And as far as on the CD, yeah, it was great. But yeah, oh, he it, couldn't sing an open air for anything. It makes you wonder how that ever yeah. worked out like that. Have you ever been to any other concerts where the opening act was better than the main act? 
I saw the Foo Fighters and Chili Peppers <laughs> in college. The Foo Fighters were awesome. Were they? The Chili Peppers is the worst concert I've ever been to in my life. Wait really. a minute. What am I thinking of? Isn't David Grohl in both of those? No, he no. was in Nirvana. But pri- then he went to, to the, the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's Actually, what I was it was Papa Roach, the Foo Fighters, then Red Hot Chili Peppers. The Chili Peppers were the worst of the three. Wow. By far. Like, you could tell it was just another stop on their checklist. It was in Champaign. They weren't in, you know, they're like, B-rate venue. Yeah. You know, you always see them dancing around, flopping around. They literally just stood there, ding, 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 played their few songs, and they were off the stage. Like, it was horrible. No kidding. When I was growing up and showing yeah. cattle, it was always, like Hank Williams Jr. was at the State Fair every single year, mm-hmm. and, and everybody, I never went and saw him, but everybody was like, well, it's a bit of a gamble. They're I was like, never a huge fan of him. They're I mean, like, if he's drunk, it's going to be a horrible concert, but if he's sober, it's going to be a fabulous concert. So you just, it's kind of Russian roulette whether or not you're going to, it's going to be great or not. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had some good songs, but I was never one of them diehard, you know, yeah. like fans or whatever. Yeah. I, I like Hank a lot. I, I was not, not necessarily a diehard concert person like right i've already paid for the cd or the cassette or whatever yeah. like I, they're not screaming at me i don't have to fight the crowd yeah. et cetera, et cetera. but i i've been to several but i've seen alabama twice that'd be a good one kenny chesney kenny chesney puts on a phenomenal once, concert i think i might have seen him twice don williams twice seen def leopard once that was awesome and that's probably about it i'm the same way i was never big into concerts and we're not close to no i mean you got to drive when we had nashville north and taylorville yep. i saw little texas there once they were really good. That'd be good. yeah yep. back when god bless texas was their big hit yeah 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 i've seen reba several times mark chestnut uh diamond rio and um oh who am i thinking of oh i can't remember their names that sing um um and the races on oh sorry brown sorry browns he, they're good they're great yep. they're great uh, George Strait, have, Garth Brooks, a couple or times. I guess you guys don't have uh, cable TV now. So Sawyer Brown, uh, I think the the lead singer, I think his name was Mark, Mark Miller. Yep. yep. And there was there's one of the the guys that's in that group. Their daughter has a show on RFD really? TV, and uh, her name is Madison Brown. And I'm trying to think of what the name is. It's something something down with Madison Brown and. I've only watched it one time because we don't get RFD either. Yeah. He's on vacation. I happen to see it. But, yeah, her dad was somebody within that band. Yeah. So. Yeah. I never liked him much because they, he wore a John Deere hat in that first video I saw of him. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, well, Just these it. guys can't be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go back to that cancel culture <laughs> Oh, that, that reminds me. I, I told him I would, I would let, him, let him surprise you in person, but a good friend of mine. And I won't mention any names just for the sake of not putting him on the spot. But uh, he is an engineer for John Deere. And he hit me up and he's like, can I come down and be on a podcast? He's like, I got some stuff I want to talk to Nick about. And I said, you just come right <laughs> on yeah, Come right on down. <laughs> Bring her down. Yeah. So I thought he said he would be around, was it sometime in May or sometime here in the next few months? I said, you call us and you could yeah. just come right on in. Because right I said, I in. got some stuff I wouldn't mind talking to you about too. So. <laughs> <laughs> and when I joined, I said, now, great, it's all in good fun. But I said, that, that might make for a good interview. So uh, I heckle the dear people, but I, I give the case engineers and the HECO engineers just as hard a time under my breath. Just yeah. as, as publicly. I wasn't too impressed with some things I was working on here recently on the engineering behind it or lack thereof. So yeah. It's easy to get frustrated. It really is. Yep. Did you ever work with many engineers at Deer? Was around? Oh the yeah. Ins- was was that like the like a rivalry? Like you guys were here, and the engineer, you know, well the stupid engineers done. You know what I mean? Or was it everybody no. just went along to get along? 
<laughs> no, I mean, it was, I mean, there were stressful moments and there was fun moments. I mean, of course, be, coming from marketing, we wanted everything. We wanted everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we wanted it yesterday. So maybe that's why these engineers are so bad. You pushy marketing people are forcing oh, this stuff. Oh, marketing Absolutely. screws up a ton of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm trying to remember, uh, I'm going to screw this up, but engineering, their motto was, uh, let's say you can have it fast, you can have, qu- have it quality, you can have it pretty, you can have it... I can't remember what, what, cheap, cheap. cheap. Yes. You can have it fast. You can have it pretty. You can have it quality. You can have it cheap. You can have two of the four, Kelly, which two of the four. Uh (laughs) And that was just always the joke between us. But no, I, I mean, I worked with them quite a bit when I worked at precision farming because we would be on product committees together or whatever. And, um, they're great people. And, uh, (laughs) I remember one, he was like a PhD and, and, electrical engineering or whatever and and i i told on that one podcast of how i did like the eight 12 week precision farming you know road show teaching classes or whatever and people would ask me questions and so i'd get back to the office and i'd be like you know they asked me this question i wasn't quite sure how to explain it blah 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 and and so he was an older gentleman and he was single and I could tell I just made him nervous as all get out, you know. And so I'd be in his cubicle and he's trying to explain to me some technical hyperextended carrier smoothing of the position receiver waves or whatever. And I'd be like, I need you to explain it to me again in a different way. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like on, on, on time seven, I'm asking questions and I'd be like, so blah, blah, you know, I'm trying to find an analogy that, right. that really I can explain in class. It isn't an engineering, right. you know, thing. And he'd finally get it. And I'd be like, I get it, Fred. I get it now. Yep. And he's like, okay, now get out of my cubicle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've been here. You have overstayed your welcome. Go to your side uh-huh. of the office, Kelly. Yep. You know, <laughs> I don't know how many times they're working on something i have so bad wanted to go get an engineer and be like you need to explain this because <laughs> you literally if you would have moved this hydraulic line a quarter of an inch yep. i could have got this bolt or plug or whatever out but now i can't now i now yep. it turned into a 45 minute job and it's like you cannot tell me you did not purposely engineer it that way because you couldn't have screwed it up any I, way i think a bunch of that shit is just so many models come out so quick now. There's, there's not enough. There's not ample development time. And marketing dictates some stupidity in that, and, and a lot of good things. But they do. They want it this way. And the engineering said, "Well, we really ain't got time to do it right. So we're, to make marketing happen, we're going to do it like this. Like eight thousand John Deere tractors. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think don't they have a ton of hose coiled up in the front? Yes, because do. that hood was supposed to tilt. But it was time to release the tractor, and the hood tilt guys didn't get with some of the other guys, and the way it was supposed to tilt, they couldn't do it. So they just put a bunch of hose in there so you could split it without having to jack wow. with something because yep. there was no way around it. No kidding. That was the quick and easy, dirty solution on it, if, yep. if I remember right. I don't remember all the details. I wonder, but, when they go to, des- to design a tractor, so you've obviously got, and I, I don't know what you would call these people, but the people who the tractor is going to look this certain yep. way. You know, we're not designing the motor, nothing else. We, you know, we're, we're in charge of making the tractor Styling. look like this. Yes. So, do they come first and say, this is what we want it to look like, you make it fit? Or do the engineers build the engine and everything and say, this is what we got, now you build the hood around it and make it look? What, what comes I think first? they make the tractor and they style around it would be my guess. But I didn't know just because of some of the stupid things I've seen. I was like, well, I, I really don't know what the right answer is here. because I think... I think it's a, I've never worked for Waterloo Works or anything like that, but it's a collab, I, I would assume it's a collaboration along the way. Because yeah. that's, precision farming, that's how it was. Well, at, at this point, you know, you can do a lot of stuff on computer. In the old days, like you've seen all the old yeah. IH books, they got a guy literally with wood. 
Yeah. I mean, he's got a sander and a planer. Mark it up, yeah. And he's like, hold on a second. You want a hood? Let me get out <laughs> some wood, mm. and I'll carve you one, Bartles and James style, here with my yeah. with my seltzers. And uh, here in a minute, I'll have you something. Yeah. You know, it's a little different scenario now. Then it probably was. Here's oh, what sure. it is. Style the hood around it. Yeah. You know. Because but they have to work inside some parameters. Well, no doubt. Okay. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I always wondered which which way that went, or if it, like you say, it sort of went along, it, you know, simultaneously. You, you know, on the older stuff, though, a lot of your major styling never changed. Right. You know, uh, a 44-30 looks an awful lot like a 49-60. Yeah. You know, in the grand scheme, right. but they didn't change. It might like, be a little hey, bit got wider, a little, wider, a little right. longer, got a little bigger, but right. it didn't. And then old tractors, you know, a ten sixty six, you had all kinds of room under the hood on you know, up around yeah. the motor when you yeah. know, it went like they, there wasn't drastic in. changes on, some, but you didn't have emission scrap to fit in there. and yeah. all the other stuff. So, yeah, it, I mean, it is amazing though how companies do that. Which I mean, I guess they've got it figured out. They've been doing it long enough. But you know, when you when you really revamp a tractor, redesign this thing from the ground up. To, to make it look nice and to cram as much shit under the hood as what they have to now. It, it's amazing that the hoods on a tractor ain't four foot wide and nine foot tall. No doubt. But you do think they'd hire one guy just to go around with a pen and a paper and be like, okay, we got to unscrew that. We got to yeah. undo that. Like little things like on a, on a first generation Magnum or second or third, all the good ones, the hydraulic lines come down from the steering and they go to this nice little block. But that's not underneath the hole in the floorboard. It's about six inches in front of that, right where you can't get it. We, you know, we had three generations of them. We never fixed it. It's a 10-minute fix. It probably worked great coming down the assembly line. Wasn't too great for anybody that didn't have the cab off, though. Yeah. You know, wouldn't have taken squat to fix it, but then it's new part numbers. It's a whole other process. Yeah. Cost this, it costs that. So. Yeah, it, it's mind-boggling. I mean, the way that all fits together. And I would think combines would be to the 10th power worse than what a tractor would be. Just because, you know, I mean, you got all your internal parts plus your pulleys, your belts, your chains, your sprockets. Your... That's always my frustrating part, as much as I love red combines. It's like, how many series did we essentially sell the 1400 series over and over and over with new styling, badging, some modifications here and there? And it's like, there's some problems that existed originally that four generations later we're looking into. Yeah. You know, it's like it, you had to get to four generations to get all four side panels to open. Yeah, right. That was... 25 years of production. Yeah. That is not one of the four get, that they're Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, we're going to give you one per series. 1,400, only the left opens. The 1,600, the left and the right open. Yeah. 2,100, the left, the right, and the back left opens. 23, you can finally open all four. Right. And, and that's simply cutting the sheet metal and putting a hinge in it. Yes. Pretty it much the justice. It wasn't scientists of rockets. Yes. And it just makes you wonder who signs off on that. Yeah. I just, I cannot fathom that. And my, uh, my big pet peeve these days is, near as I can tell, every engineer must be about 5'5", five, five, about a buck ten. Yeah. Because I can tell you one thing, having big hands and big forearms is not advantageous to working on modern day equipment. Because yeah. my hand and my arm gets stuck right about there, as you can tell from the multiple cuts on my arm right now. Everything I try to do, it, it didn't fit. No. It's little people. They're circus dwarfs. I would believe that. Yeah, it's very so, frustrating. So we are going to blame you marketing people. Yeah, it's marketing. <laughs> yeah. We, we found a new a new target. It's marketing people. Uh-huh. They're the ones dictating to the engineers. I feel like on the mm-hmm. you ever seen office space? I no. take the orders and I take them to the engineers. Oh, so you physically take them? No, my secretary does that. Yeah. <laughs> it's the do, marketing do people. Do you got any good uh, marketing, you know, people that you worked with there 
that don't work there now that like we could get down here and just have this big round table discussion you know, yeah. where, no, where nobody has to be in fear of losing their job you know they already don't work there yeah. and and, and we, we could, could just, just have someone anonymous like muffle or, their voice there you go like yes. the fbi tapes or yes. something let's do that perfect I've got, yes absolutely uh-huh. i would have to think through that i'm sure i probably have some people that i know that it was and you told me uh he's a good friend of ours and I'm, i mean he'll never hear this podcast but dave white he oh, yes. works for Sloan Implement now. Yes. He's a manager at the I worked Atwood with him store. on Territory. Yeah. Know Dave real well. He's really good great. guy. Yep. And Dave, um, I like sitting. I liked sitting next to Dave in meetings because what he was going to say under his breath was way more educational than anything that was going to be said out loud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, of course, he'd come up through Deer. You know, his dad was yeah, a dealer for yeah, years yeah. and years and years. And so, yeah. I mean. I went to college with his brother, Jared. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I worked with Jared at Precision Farming for several years. Last I knew, he was what, maybe Cummins or I, one of the companies I like know that? that he left Deer for for one of the truck companies. I think I don't know. Dave told me at one time he was, if it wasn't with Cummins, it was, yeah, like you say, whether it was Peterbilt yeah, or somebody. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. Cummins. Yeah. But uh, I don't really know him at, uh, at all. I'd met him one time years ago at the farm show, but know Dave really well and really good guy. But Yeah. He is. It, uh, I think he was ready to move on from the traveling, you know, yeah. and the corporate world, you know, just, you know, time to stay home. And yeah, Good guy, though. Oh, very good very guy. Very good yep. guy. See, it just always comes back to you. Some point in time, you got to kill your career to take care of your family. <laughs> yeah. That's why I got out of tractor pulling. I had to yeah. sell. Oh, yeah. We ain't yeah. even covered that yet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kelly I, needs full-time attention. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> marketing yeah. marketing killed the engineering side yeah. i mean yeah, it just took, took us down yep I, I need to put this on facebook now since i got this big facebook page that, you know, <laughs> happy that birthday made, by the way oh yeah thanks <laughs> <laughs> prayers you know, but, <laughs> but should, should we start this you know, like like the wife was talking earlier with the garth brooks room you know that your wife's a raging drug addict you just had to give it up <laughs> no, no no don't want to go that far <laughs> no I wouldn't say raging, you know. Okay, yeah. Casual. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about the hate mail that would come in. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yep. So, yeah, I guess you launched the old pulling tractor. Yeah. Yeah. We sold it the other day. Had a guy interested in it. How many years did you run? I'm going to call it the the pro. Was it always a pro stock that you ran? I mean. Well, we had a farm stock before that, but. Yeah. But we pulled pro stock since 98. Since 98, and then farm stock, you probably pulled four or five years? Um, from 91 or two, 91 to yep. 97. Yep. So it's yeah. been a while. It's been a while, yeah. Well, I mean, it you was know, time. Yeah, and I mean, now it's not like if you wanted to screw around your kids, you couldn't, you know, build a... Well, that's the thing. You know, a 1466 and run it here local and we just could. goof and the, off. The kids you know. got so much stuff going on. Right. Like I, I don't have time to be gone for right. all that. That was the big thing. Yep. You know, it's going to a good home. This guy had asked about it right after we first built it. Yep. So he's always had first chance at it. So yep. it, uh, he happened to call on the right day, and Deb was in the mood. And like I said, I got plenty of other stuff to right. to do with Kelly and the kids and whatnot. And I'm not saying I'm not out of the sport. You know, I'll still be involved in oh, sure. work on them, et cetera. Yep. And your but, dad's no spring chicken. No, I mean, not exactly. that he's some feeble old man, but I mean, you know, he's they don't just, get around all that great, right. you know, a hot summer day. The last place he wants to be is trekking across the fairgrounds, yeah, you know, so. exactly. Well, I'll still be around on, on a lot of it. It's just at time, least, to, time to do some other things. At least now it's selective. It's like, yeah. Hey, I want to go to this pool this weekend just to watch, see the friends, but I don't have to, but don't have to, know. but I can. Yeah. So like I said, I never thought we'd really get rid of it. I just always figured we'd kind of phase off around a few times here and there and kind of park it in the corner. But, yep. but, uh, 
So I Louisville said, was the last pass. Yeah, on that that's the last last hurrah. It was actually sold before I went down there. Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you never know. You may get back into it someday. Eh, I don't know. At this point in time, I don't know. We'll see. I'm never going to say never. Right. I mean, I don't know. Kelly may get tired of me being around the house and be like, hey, you need to build a tractor and get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you never know. You never know. And it's a definite She'll make you build a John Deere. Marketing. 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 He dictates it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're going to dictate that. Next thing you know, I'm in a shop. I mean, I got to get out there and get it done and get out of here, you know. Yeah, but, but now I mean, for now it's just too many other things going on. Yeah, well, we're both at that age right now where the kids run nonstop. You know that that will probably thin out. You know, instead of the kids all playing sixteen sports, they're going to narrow that down and do volleyball, maybe softball, you know, or yeah, whatever. But, and, I mean, a buddy of mine had told me years ago when my kids were toddlers, we'll call them. He's like, you think you know they need you around now? He's like, you haven't seen nothing yet. He's like, it gets worse as they get older. Yeah. He's like, it's not till they're in college where it starts to go back the other way. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. No, he's right. Yeah. You know, they, they need me for more stuff now than than ever. And they're pretty good about it. And they're, they're happy to go with me on a lot of stuff. But yeah, it's just you can't always be gone, you know. A really wise person said to me, before we were married or even had kids, and it was somebody that was 15 years older or so of me and her kids were in high school, you know, et cetera. And she's like, you know, Kelly, you think that you're – your infants and your toddlers need your presence. And she's like, I'm not saying they do, but she's like, remember your teenagers need you just as much, if not more as your, your six month old. She's like in today's world, your presence is needed just because they can dress themselves, feed themselves, et cetera. does not mean that your present isn't needed. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I think it was really, really wise advice. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, sports keep everybody busy, you know, mm-hmm. busier than we were. I mean, maybe when we were kids, we didn't know. I mean, I never played sports. My brothers, they, I mean, by the time they were sophomores in high school or even freshmen, they didn't play any by then. So maybe I didn't see what everybody else. But it seemed like we were kids. You know, we had a friend. He might have done just baseball and basketball or maybe just one or the other. But now it's like kids do track, baseball, basketball, football. I mean, they just every sport that comes up, track. And, and there's summer leagues or whatever yeah. for every sport too it, it gets to be a full-time gig you know yeah. like i said and you want to support them as much as you can but I, you know i've often so said much. i've seen people around here literally almost go bankrupt by having daughters yeah. and sons do all these camps and this that and the other you know so they can get a scholarship it's like well you just screwed yeah. away eighty thousand. Yeah. you could have sent them to the u of i for five years right. for what you spent on these stupid camps and running yeah. here and there in hotel rooms i mean no doubt happens all the time yeah and that that whole deal is getting worse and worse and worse it is yeah, and that's I, I shouldn't say that I'm I'm dreading it, but you know, with our daughter coming up in volleyball, you know, she's gonna be getting into the side leagues and all that. And I, I don't regret it. I don't mean to make it sound that way, but I've got to make a living too. I can't be sitting in yeah. volleyball right. bleachers, you know, nine nights a week and never yeah. you know, I, I I just can't. And I'm not. I just I don't think they expect you to though. I mean like Nick Colby is you know, our daughter, I mean, she's very, she does the, the clubs and all of that for volleyball, et cetera. But she's really understanding about the fact that her tournaments are in the spring and Nick is in the field in the spring. She has never, ever said once. Yep. And I think growing up, I was very understanding about that yeah. too. Like I understood that yep. when, what spring and fall were about as far as our farm went and, um, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yep. I will say last night I was at a track meet that went on for four hours in 37 degree temperatures yep. with rain 
And I got in the car and I turned to her and I said two words. Scholar bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I said it's inside. It's temperature controlled. I said, uh-huh. I don't care. I know your goal is to break the school's long jump record. Your mother doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have the party anyway, and we'll say you did. I, yeah, that's yes, all that yes. Let's pretend you did. I'll buy you a T-shirt, marketing, a sweatshirt. Marketing, always trying exactly. to, to say something. Ben doctor that shit, so uh-huh. I don't have to be in 37-degree track weather those, ever they again. They probably keep those records online nowadays. We could pay a hacker to get it. Yeah, pay yes. 20 bucks. Hacker yes. records. Yeah, we're good. Ferris Bueller could do it back so in the 80s. We no could doubt. Do right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was so freaking cold. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that would be awful. This weather, I'm sick of it. I I, I know. I just I no. can't handle it anymore. I'm over it. Yeah, Rain I'm and ready. cold and nasty. Rains every year, two days. Year ago today, I started planting beans. Really? Yep. Yeah. April eighth. I never thought I'd say I'd see the day where I say I'm I'm sick of chili soup. I'm sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> we made it last night, and it was perfect for after a 37-degree track meet, and I'm just like, I am so ready just for summer yeah. grilling and but it's tomatoes not like this from the garden. It's been an overly harsh winter, but it's just yeah. drug on, on and on. And it's been colder on. than normal. It has. Seems like, anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know, and we're not talking like bitterly cold as to zero, but you know, we're like, right now, our average high should be 63. Today it was 38. Yeah. It just won't let go. And raining. Yeah. And sleeting and snowing and, yeah. <laughs> and everything in between. Uh, had three of the four seasons today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, just not much summer, but I'm over it. Sick and tired of it. Yeah. Most definitely. What where my wife went? She must have got lost. I don't know. Sometimes that happens with Drunky the Clown, but I didn't think she was that far in this time. No, she's literally had two, which we're getting load on. But she wasn't slurring yet. Really. <laughs> I thought she said her sister was coming over, so Oh. She must have had to run upstairs. We'll have to check and see if she can say statistics. Yeah, statistics. <laughs> That's the code word. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> That's how we know how far in she is. Yeah. Yep. Well, what do you guys think? You want to cut this one off here? Yeah, we, we better this wrap turned this into up. more of what a country music podcast than it was a performing podcast. But it it's kind of reminiscing, you know, because yeah. I've always said there's nothing that can take you back any quicker than music can. That's true. That's it's, true. And I used to listen to music religiously nonstop, and now I'll sit in a tractor combine for... I'll just sit in silence a lot I will, too. Eight hours, hours, 10, 12 hours a day for weeks on end and never turn it on. After Rush Limbaugh died, there's nothing to listen yeah. to. And since, I just, since Rush is off, yeah. Can't do her. I like the silence. I do. Yeah. I yeah. hate silence, but I don't mind the tractor just listening to the engine. Or I, it's just at or home I talk, that you I feel the necessity. The necess- I can't say it. The necessity. <laughs> I don't like silence at home. That does irritate me. In the morning, I just want silence. And Nick is like... <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those weird people, Tony, where I'm a night owl and a morning person. Yes. It's a dangerous combination yep. for everyone. It's fabulous, let me tell you. <laughs> Nothing angers Kelly more than when I wake up and I'm... Oh, I'm the same way. Morning. I'm, I'm ready to roll. I'm yep. pestering the kids, running yeah. here, yes, running there. I just move from one person to the next. He does. <laughs> you know, I've annoyed everybody, but I move yep. on. I'm the weird specimen that I am not a neat nighttime person nor a morning person. I peak from about 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's my peak operating time. In an hour, that's lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I do my best work then. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Nick was like, I'm awake. Let's pester. Yep, that's how I am. Well, I only pester those who aren't fully awake. Yet. Right, me too. Uh, it's the Which same is way all I of us. 
<laughs> That's your own fault, though. Learn to be a morning person. Yep. I don't even drink coffee. Think how wired I'd be on that. Yep. I'll go in and literally jump into yes. the bed with the kids yep. while they're sound asleep and wake them up and yep. rough them up. And, yeah, yep. Cora is not a fan of that at all. Henry tolerates it. He don't really care for it, but he tolerates it just fine. Joe, she could sort of care less, but Cora is not a fan at all. Leave me alone. She's so a then I gotta, spirit. Yeah. So then I got to mess with her even more then. Max will try to hide. Colby, uh, she's appalled that I'm in a room. If I open the door, it's like, get out. Get out. Okay. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, day she's going to cut me in my sleep. <laughs> yeah, she probably will. She probably will. Yep. But, well, what do you think? Yep. Cut her off here. Yep. All right. Well, we didn't mean to bore you guys with country music, but, hey, it is what it is. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time.